0: President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point, at real Donald Trump. (laughs) Well, at real Donald Trump, at least I will go down as a president.
1: It is just that wistfulness is no longer a luxury I can afford. It isn't personal. The man, his wife, her mother, their daughters. In my life, there has been no black family who has been more beautiful more consistently under an eight-year glare of a chronically dissatisfied public. In my lifetime, I have not seen a president more cerebral or more trusting of the average American's ability to keep a pace with his intellectual rigor. And when you encounter obstacles, because I guarantee you, you will and many of you already have, when you are struggling and you start thinking about giving up, I want you to remember something that my husband and I have talked about since we first started this journey nearly a decade ago. Something that has carried us through every moment in this White House and every moment of our lives and that is the power of hope. The belief that something better is always possible if you're willing to work for it and fight for it. I've not seen a first lady whose look and whose life I'd want my own daughter to emulate more. I will not soon forget the sense of ease I felt under their governance. What I expect most from a president is a quiet confidence that the democracy will not collapse during his employ. And until now, I have always been able to rely at least on that. During most presidencies, that bottom line, that finish line, was my point of clearest focus. But through its steadiness, growth, openness, and stability, the Obama administration drew me in encouraged me to invest in ideals that had never been more than abstractions. The closer attention I paid, the more relieved I felt. Dissent was encouraged. It could be handled. Even if blood flowed in classrooms, in airports, in malls and in churches and streets, the bow of the country would not break. The president would work with us and weep with us even when Congress would not do the same. And somehow... We would remain a functional republic. I will not soon forget how accessible the inside halls of the White House felt while the Obamas were its hosts. When I could watch Esperanza Spaulding visit at least once a year to fingerpick her bass, while her finger-picked Afro swayed along at its nine-inch circumference, or when De La Soul came through to sing me myself and I at a BET-hosted house party, or when new administrative appointments were announced and an unprecedented number were Black, Brown, Native, Disabled, LGBTQ, a two-term litany of 1st efforts, a two-term reassurance that the richness of the country's differences would be recognized, respected, trusted, celebrated. I won't forget how the White House became a destination scores of Black folk I knew longed to reach, And how many I've known personally who actually did reach it, either to attend a ball, take their children Easter egg hunting on the South Lawn, conduct a news interview, or work for the administration. So, no. That numbness I felt watching the farewell address that night, that slow-blinking sedation that crawled through me, it wasn't personal. I do not know what the Obamas will become to me, to us, as civilians. But I am certain, whatever their role, it will be just as deeply felt. I know they'll still be with us, and because I know, I don't lament their leaving." All I could hear last night as Obama remained ever the optimist, ever the imparter of bipartisan rhetoric and calls to personal achievement as much as political action, were the sounding brass and cymbal that tennelly echo in a room where love will no longer dwell could not stop thinking of his successor, how much it still must confound and annoy Obama to hand over, along with the keys and lease, that hard-earned, quiet confidence that the country will not collapse under its new management. Before, what it had always meant to be black here was that no presidential administration would be thinking precisely of us when proposing policy that would make the nation economically, academically, or culturally richer. It meant that if policy were enacted to acknowledge, defend, or protect our civil rights, it would be in response to centuries of outcry, pressure, and petition. It would never be passed from a place of true compassion or justice, but always as part of some broader strategy intended to protect our white male founders' interests. Knowing that, voting with it in mind once we were finally allowed to, always made previous white presidencies bearable
0: has no
1: respect for this person.
0: Well, that's because he'd rather have a puppet
1: as president of no the United puppet, States. No puppet. No puppet. It's pretty clear. You're the puppet. It's pretty clear you won't admit no, that the, the Russians puppet. have engaged in cyber attacks against the United States of America that you encouraged espionage against our people that you are willing to spout the Putin line, sign up for his wish list. Break up NATO, do whatever he wants to do, and that you continue to get help from him because he has a very clear favorite in this race. This incoming administration, however, seems decidedly unbearable. It appears that it is my generation's turn to experience firsthand what it is like to live under the governance of a white man who doesn't understand or respect American governance, who is, in fact, quite eager to unravel it. Despite never in his life having had to thread a needle, let alone restitch the very fabric of a democracy, gone is the quiet confidence in the country's ability to survive its leader. This is a leader disinterested in the concept of a free country, agnostic to its better angels, appealing instead to its crudest evils. This is not a reality for which I can brace. This is terrifying. It's terrifying in ways that would permeate indifference, apathy, and ambivalence if they were still options available to us. They are not. All of this has absolutely impeded my ability to celebrate the first black president's hard-won farewell. It's impeded my ability to function normally at all. I cannot rely on even my most apolitical patriotism. That ever-present white noise that has always whispered, "America." is America, is America. And without that, I do not want to hear anything else. This is the eeriest irony. I have never felt more hopeful in America than when Obama campaigned for the presidency the first time and remarkably, spectacularly, miraculously won it. And I have never felt more hopeless as an American than in the weeks he spent preparing to transfer his presidential power. Never in my 37 years have I ever felt so exposed, vulnerable, targeted. Never have I felt as aware of all the other marginalized Americans who must be experiencing their own acute distinct iteration of this susceptibility. It is the quickly cracking limb on which an idealist never wants to find herself. But on this perch, I can still recite a mantra, progress has come before. Progress can come again. Resplendent pride in the office of the presidency was so strongly felt before. I will protect its memory now. The medal of a democracy is most accurately assessed under the threat of dictatorship. So we must rest well, study hard, use the past and present as primary texts, and for the love of all that's salvageable, even if no longer holy, you, you,
0: you can tell that. You can tell that I'm lamed up because nobody's following instructions. <laughs> Everybody have a seat. Tonight it's my turn to say thanks. Whether we have seen eye to eye or rarely agreed at all. My conversations with you, the American people, in living rooms and in schools, at farms, on factory floors, at diners, and on distant military outposts, those conversations are what have kept me honest, and kept me inspired, and kept me going. And every day I have learned from you. You made me a better president, and you made me a better man. I can't do that.